Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. You know what they say about when you assume you're in the doom room. I'm Alex, and I'm doomed. That's a little too soon, because I did that one a couple times ago. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, oh, welcome you? to the oh, doom yeah. room. Like, you guys room. don't listen to each other in the <laughs> no. beginning at all. Nope, I'm just panicked right here at the beginning, wondering what I'm going to rhyme with doom and room, and uh, I, don't, I don't listen to anything. <laughs> just another thread for the loom here in the doom room. I'm Justin, and I'm doomed. I just I'm, burned a bunch of them. I'm the bride, you're the groom. Welcome to the doom room. Wow. Who's Pete? You're Pete. Hey, Pete. Yep. <laughs> Who's Pete? You're Pete, and you're doomed because you're here with us. And we're going to be talking about Doom Patrol Season 1, Episode 13, Flex Patrol, where we finally get into Flex Mentallo, a character that has been teased for the past couple of episodes. Brief bit of recap here. Turns out he was Prisoner 722 over at the Ant Farm. Oh, we find out about more. Yeah, sorry about that. I mean, kind of the same thing. Alan Moore, also that jacked, absolutely. 100%. And under that beard, I mean, you never see him with his shirt off, honestly. Right? I actually have a lot of pictures I'll send you, but oh, that's cool. Okay. Go ahead. All right. I'm looking forward <laughs> to that. But we find out about his relationship with Larry Trainer back in the day when Larry also was first at the ant farm and being experimented on. And in the present, they try to figure out how to get Flex back to normal so they could find out information on the chief. Meanwhile, Cyborg is wrestling with the fact that he almost killed his dad. Turns out Silas is okay and reinstalls Grid at the end. And this all leads into seemingly teeing off the final battle with Mr. Nobody with a great bit of fourth wall breaking right at the end there. Uh, That's a big difference between killing somebody and almost killing somebody. You know what I mean? Like, almost, hey, you're fine. Uh, (laughs) Wow. Thank you, Dr. Pete. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Judge. Thank you, Constitutional Lawyer. Be the page. Yeah, I really hope that I never end up in a dire situation where I'm lying unconscious and you run out and you're like, this man is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this episode was great, though. I loved Flex Mentallo. I thought he was super fun. Just another weird character throwing him at the Doom Patrol. Yeah, the right, car- right. guy plays it perfectly. And you know what? It's it's nice to see when a muscle man is funny. I enjoy that. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. He's like a funny muscle man. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's my nerd prejudice, but I see a muscle man. I'm like, you got your thing going on, right? Your thing is your muscle. <laughs> okay. Look at how quick you put that person in a little box. And like, I, box you can't Alex. talk. No, just you're a muscly person. Shut up. Alex, you need to flex your sense of uh, letting people be themselves as opposed to just uh, putting uh, muscle. Because I'll tell you what, funny muscle Muscle people uh, is in fashion right now. Um, yep. You got the show uh, Peacemaker, which mm-hmm. uh, on HBO a while back. And Station then a- Eleven, they're pretty jacked on that. I think you maybe miss, or maybe you're watching it through sort of uh, flex <laughs> color glasses. Vision. <laughs> yeah. um, muscle vision. Um, a weird setting on HBO Max. But also uh, Thor. 
Funny yeah. muscle. Mm-hmm. That guy in particular makes so me very thing. angry. I've talked to you guys about this before, but the thing that he improv the Mike Hat scene in the 2016 Ghostbusters makes me very mad. He's a very handsome man. Just be handsome. The, the, Do your handsome whole... thing. Stop being funnier than everybody else in the movie, who, which is already stacked with very funny people. He's a jerk. It was uh, hysterical, Greedy. that whole bit with the glasses, like the figure through the glasses thing. That's, that's what so I'm saying. Funny. Very annoying. I agree. So Thanks, Pete. He's greedy with talent, not like us who just stick to our little rivers and lakes <laughs> that we're used to when it comes to being oh, good man. at stuff. Well, so, to, to get more to it, though, what did you guys think about Flex Mentalo since we are finally meeting him, his relationship with Dolores over the course of this, and then, of course, everything else that was going on in the episode? The best Flex is his smile. I mean, that it was beautiful. It was a very touching love story, and... Uh, you know, it was sad that Dolores uh, sold him out, you know, with the whole uh, look at my elbow thing. That was heartbreaking. Well, I mean, just to talk about the romance, we get this. Well, first off, Flex Metal is a weird character. He is jacked, obviously, and seems to be sort of super strong. But also he has uh, telekinesis, uh, can read people's minds and conjure, he can l- conjure lunch. He can conjure yeah. lunch with a flex, which is... Uh, uh, it's, it's got me back How do you gym. stay fit if you can conjure food when you flex? I don't, I mean, that's just impressive. He's a that's, man of muscle mystery, right? Like, that's the that's phrase. Right. Yeah, the man of muscle mystery. So, really fun, unique character. The, my overall take on this episode and this show in general is it goes weird all the time and it pays off every time. Like, this mm-hmm. show is so good at just being like, accepting, hey, accept this reality. It's worth it. It's funny. And we get there at the end. Great action, great heart. Don't trust cats. uh, Right. Which, Pete, you're the guy with the cats. Oh, man. Do you think that's going to happen to you, Pete? Do you think a cat is going to suck you into its mouth and then take you to a secret government facility where you'll be experimented on? Well, you know, if I've learned anything from movies and television shows, then I guess, yeah, it's just a matter of time before my... uh, you know, I mean, Samuel Jackson lost an eye. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's tough. In real life, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tragically. Yeah. yeah. Um, cats suck you into a pocket dimension <laughs> in their mouth. <laughs> but uh, let me say real quick yeah. on that note. Um, so we got Donkey that sucks you in. Right. Sort of run by Mr. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Maybe. And then Bureau of Normalcy also has that. So is that, is this all one big bag? Well, it's not donkey; with? it's a cat. So it's you know. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That is are a different. Are, are you the, trying the, to the hold on, Justin? Are you suggesting that maybe the cat is puss in boots? <laughs> no, like you already have a donkey. The cat yes. could be puss in boots. I haven't well, seen a gingerbread man uh, yet, but maybe. We got two episodes left. You've read my unified theory of Shrek, uh, yeah. where the universe all everyone is a donkey or a puss in boots or another Shrek, and we're all looking for Shrek God um, in our own way. We're all well, looking for our own Fiona. Yeah, it's good. Oh my God! Good. And if we string all this together, uh, if you astute listeners, if we've been saying <laughs> Shrek lines in a, in the Shrek accent throughout all of this entire podcast, string mm-hmm. them all together, and you'll have the entire movie. Wow. Voiced by us. Wow. wow. 
yeah, listen back to all the episodes, uh, and uh, it's it's pretty cool. It's a fun I little Easter egg. I in my suit. <laughs> <laughs> what that or, was that? Or whatever. I don't think right. that was Shrek, dude. Come on. Uh, that movie's so bad. All right, so let's bad. get back and talk about something good, which is Flex Mentalo. So um, I love the scenes. I love his positivity throughout here, just his straightforwardness. Also mm-hmm. love the stuff in the present. I thought pairing him with Cliff was such a smart, right. funny thing because we don't – we get some nice emotional moments here with Cliff and Jane throughout the episode, but ultimately it's mostly funny Cliff here, particularly tying in the soap opera thing I thought was hilarious and great, having yeah. Cliff do a absolutely terrible guest turn on there. Oh, my God. Just Super fun. Drilling Very down on. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about me getting a daytime Emmy for that. Just I love how stuff. many times he says that line. It's great. I, well, and I and do then think. The, like. Like just showing the scenes throughout the scene, like in him getting worse and worse, and like the whole like he like shoves that kid that blanket on that kid so awkwardly, and then oh, just I mean, as a classically trained actor, it's mm-hmm. so good, it's bad, it's so bad, it's good. I mean, where do you feel about this? Uh, acting badly is on purpose is hard, and yeah. um, Brendan Fraser does it really well. Great to see him in sort of a smaller role in this episode on camera anyway. Um, and it's also very funny that the kid dies. Like, the, the <laughs> not only is the acting bad in Secret Hearts, but the story's awful <laughs> and stupid. Uh, so it's just really good across the board. The fact that Flex is addicted to it is great. Um, well, that's it, interesting because it starts off like he's watching uh, the boob tube, as he calls it, to see Dolores, to see if she's still alive. But then it kind of... Uh, I guess turns into a soap opera after years and years of uh, torture or whatever. And he's super dedicated to it. I think there's you could look deep into that and say that he's you know trained or brainwashed with that TV because he's watching his wife, his love, and then he's given the soap operas, which are sort of a way a stories that are trying to remind us about love and death and all these things. And he's slowly weaned, so he gets the same addiction. From the actual uh, television he's watching with the soap opera on. So I thought that was cool, showing the damage that the Bureau of Normalcy has done to him. And I'll also throw out there that Doom Patrol is probably one of the few TV shows that can get away with that level of meta commentary about what watching TV does to your brain. Because often when a show tries to do that, I'm like... You're on TV. I'm already watching TV. Calm down over there. But here, I think a lot of what they are doing is about this meta stuff. I mean, cut to the end of the episode when you have Mr. Nobody watching Doom Patrol. Yeah, with the swag. They're able to. All Doom Patrolled out. Great. And it's they're able to get away with that level of commentary because they're smart about it and they're challenging their audience to be smarter and think harder when they're watching these episodes. So ultimately, when you're watching Doom Patrol, I think you're more active than the regular TV show. So that's why it works in my mind. Wow. Interesting. I I agree. And it it works really well. And especially getting our emotions like we get to see Dolores at the end reunited uh, they figure out through through Larry's observations of the light being his observations of uh Flex back in the day and communicating that to Larry that he has this wife out there they reunite her great reunion scene we see all the horrible things and damage that's done to Dolores they're both coming out of it together and then she evaporates oh yeah because of- the timer goes off and they're like if you ever two are ever reunited oh just yeah. absolutely heartbreaking 
I know. I can't believe Thanos is here and was just like snapped out. Yeah, yeah, oh, wow. Tying in the two yeah. universes like that. That was very cool, though. Risky. But uh, I, I would like more seriously, like that moment was super upsetting and really cementing the Bureau of Normalcy as absolutely awful. Huge villains in this show, you know, maybe worse than Mr. Nobody or perhaps in partnership with Mr. Nobody. Mm. Oh, interesting. But I, there's a couple of things I want to uh, first talk on that you mentioned. The uh, Cliff stuff, the way he was excited when they kind of at the start of the episode where he was just like, hey, we actually did something good. You know, we got Flex and we got Vic out, you know, and then, you know, of course, Rita was like, yeah, and he uh, almost beat his dad to death. Um, but I did love the. Uh, excitement, the realization that like, you know, hey, actually, guys, we're improving. We're doing well out here was kind of a nice moment uh, before kind of the madness began again. But And real quick on that, I think Cliff wants to take the easy way out when it comes to sort of their missions and what they're they're doing here. He just came off this very difficult Jane uh, going into the underground mission that was like muddy and sort of tragic and they haven't dealt with. So he's like, Dick's like, he wants to take a victory lap at the top of the episode. And then he's very frustrated when it's not working out. So he keeps doing stuff. It's like, okay, punch the TV. Got it. That didn't work out. Okay. I don't know what's happening. We'll do this other thing. I don't know. Like he, he's in, wants small victories. I think that speaks to what he's going through as a character, the way he f- confronted his daughter and got very close to connecting with her and then ended up not doing it at the end. Well, and I think it's interesting you mentioned that because he does actually have a small victory without forcing it in this episode, which is he's really trying to connect with Jane throughout the episode. Yeah, that was she, a huge as usual, victory. is pushing back against him and pushing back and pushing back. And then there's just that moment where he puts his hand on her shoulder without even thinking about it. And that's what gets through to her. That's what gets that connection yeah. there. But so, he, yeah. Yeah. He also makes a really good point, like, hey, uh, Jane, why are you so into torturing Flex? Like, you out of everybody should want to try to do something open and honest and instead of, like, messing with this guy like you've been messed with so many times. And I think that kind of stops her in her kind of normal, like, get away from me, Cliff, I hate you kind of moment of, like, oh, wait, he's right. He is trying to help me. And that kind of like pause is, is, uh, it was, yeah, it was really powerful and nice. Maybe there's something to be said and not to take the muscle man conversation from earlier more seriously, but maybe there's something to be said for this episode about what we look at like externally versus what we are internally. And that's something that the show has played with a lot, but here, particularly what you're talking about with Cliff and Jane, that, Cliff comes off as this big, brash robot man. That's who he is. He's a race car driver. But when he actually lets himself be who he is internally, which is just a nice guy who's trying to make people feel better, that's when it actually works. Or when Jane stops pushing on her different fractious personalities and just focuses on something, she's able to do the right thing. She's able to channel the right personality at the right time, in this case, particularly at the beginning of the episode, with Flit when she's doing the teleportathon and sending everybody everywhere. It's a little manic, but it also gets people to the right places, the places they need to go. And I think this shows that the team is sort of coming together at just the right time, the end of the season, when they're going to have to confront nobody in some regard in these next two episodes. Like, Jane is able to to use Flit. Um, Rita is confronting her demons in this episode and sort of feels like she's stepping into a leadership role. Um, Larry is 
owning up to his issues in this episode and sort of taking some power there. And Cliff is able to, like, not take the easy way and talk to Jane for real. Like, they seem like they're ready to for a fight. Well, yeah, add, it's all oh, like Rita is saying, you know, it's like, uh, you know, the easy thing is to look the other way. The hard thing is to really grow and try to be better. And they're all kind of struggling with that in different ways. So it's it's nice to see some forward movement on these people's. But it's also very felt when, you know, uh, Mr. Nobody's like, oh, 13 meandering episodes and they're finally getting ready. You know, like uh, it's. It's it's really the kind of insaneness, but also some uh, really moving and powerful moments. It's the show does so much. Well, I did want to get back and talk about Larry in a second, but just while we're talking about the Mister Nobody moment again, what I think really works about the meta-ness there is he's joking about our expectations of the show. But now that we're thirteen minute episodes in, that's not actually what we expect, and I don't think we've really expected that for the first episode when he came in and said, this isn't going to be your typical superhero story, that ultimately it is satisfying to see them say, we're a team and we're going to get together and we're going to finally fight back against Mr. Nobody just on a level of being superhero fans. But more, I I don't know, I don't want to speak for you guys, but I do think as viewers, we're more into seeing these characters grow and change as people than we are fight evil or anything like that. Yeah, 100%. Like, that's what makes this show so unique from other shows. And I think it's funny that Mr. Nobody wants it to be more of a smash him up superhero show based on what he's saying. I also thought it was interesting the way he punches out Cyborg and yeah. just how important taking Cyborg off the board must be for him to try to beat the Doom Patrol, which makes me think that Cyborg's going to come back in a big way in these final two episodes. Let's hope so. Um,. Still want to talk about Larry, uh, but let's talk about Cyborg just because we brought him up now. So over the course of this episode, he's dealing with what he did to his dad and ultimately working with Rita. He makes the decision to reinstall Grid. That's certainly something I've been nervous about and like I've talked about based on the comics because Grid always goes haywire. Do you think this was a good decision on his part or a bad one to reinstall his operating system? Well, it was what Mr. Nobody was pushing for, so it seems like it's a bad idea, but hopefully we'll get some good out of it. Um, at the very least, he can probably get some more information about like what's going on with his father's uh, health. I think because he can... like. Plug his yeah. dad into yeah, the cyborg. Can, like, yeah, yeah, he can no, because he gets the... he gets WebMD on there. Yeah. And oh, ya- and Yahoo answers. Multiple punches <laughs> is what caused this <laughs> from my cyborg punch. hand. Yeah, uh, I honestly, I just use the Doctor Pete app, which is real good. Uh, you press it, you log into it, and it says, "Congratulations, you logged in. You're fine." Yeah, yeah. I actually have a new a new thing they came out with for on Doctor Pete. It's just one of those Staples um, get it done buttons, but it just says you're fine. And every time I'm sick, I press it, and it says you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> you're fine. Yeah, I don't know. I got the. To, I got. I whenever, actually got the. I don't know if you've gotten this yet, but I got the one that talks like Donkey from Shrek. <laughs> it's a little. It's an extra dollar, but I really no. think it was worth it. Ah, oh, worth it. It's worth a dollar to get that donkey voice. <laughs> yeah. It's weird that they did it in the Shrek voice, but yeah, because Donkey is not Shrek. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of the big lessons from the movie. Yeah. I you should check out. I have this great YouTube video. I, I know I'm patting myself on the back here. It's like three hours long, but it's this fan theory that Donkey is not Shrek. 
<laughs> it gets we us should all get back movies. to this episode. There's a lot of evidence there that Donkey is not Shrek in all four of the Shrek movies and Shrek 3D. If you can stop the third movie Shrek flexing the... on us, we can maybe get back to it's this called episode. Shrek-sing. 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 There it is. <laughs> You're fine, Donkey. <laughs> <laughs> it was worth um, every penny of the $50 I paid for. Do you, did you guys think it was weird that, like, after all these years, they've only used two cells, like 721 and 722? Like, there isn't any other. Yeah. They uh, use so many other cells. <laughs> uh, seemingly, the 720 other cells, at least. Um, okay. But let me talk about Cyborg real quick. I think Mr. Nobody told them um, to put the chip in as a reverse psychology move, um, thinking that he wouldn't if the bad guy told him to. And then he does because Rita tells him to. So I think that was actually maybe the right thing to do. Also, cool. he had a gaping tear in his arm this whole time. <laughs> that wound is huge. It right? has been there for a while. We kind of didn't talk about that, how he cut open his own arm and exposed his tendons or something like that. To sure, the sure, bone. Sure. Terrifying. How do you do that? And then just I leave don't know. it open. Well, when you're part machine, you know, it's got to be easier. You know what I mean? Mm. Well, but the whole thing is it wasn't, he it doesn't repair because it's just the meat part. Just the meat part. <laughs> um, and then we see it sew up once he puts grit in. I thought it was interesting that we don't hear him say where Beard Tracker is, Beard Hunter is. Beard Hunter, yeah. Uh, Beard Hunter, because he uh, – it happens off camera, and then Rita just shows up back at the mansion with the information. So I don't know. I think there's a little bit of mystery around Cyborg, I think. And he is definitely damaged by what he did to his dad, but I think he'll be back on the board. Uh, yeah, let's let's talk about Rita then, because some interesting stuff goes on with her here. We finally find out what that vision was a couple of episodes back. I think it was the Jane Patrol. No, it was the Doom Patrol Patrol Before. episode. Yeah, no, where she Doom saw Patrol Patrol. Woman, what Doom Patrol Patrol? Where right. we saw Doom, Doom. a woman dying on the floor. We get the big reveal about that. That Rita essentially was this producer's pimp back in the day, providing it with women who would go on to great acting careers, but also he would sleep with them. Uh, and one woman gave birth to a baby and then killed herself because uh, of everything that had got on. And Rita's held that. Paid her off. Yeah, and Rita paid her off. And ultimately, the interesting thing here is that she confesses it to Mr. Nobody of all people. That's who the old man turns out to be. Played by Ed Asner. Ed Asner. Asner. Very cool. Great guest star. Great to see. Yeah. Um, This scene, this whole run was great. What a great monologue and a great scene from um, Rita, the actress April Bowlby, I thought was just really great, really affecting. And that was a long monologue to have to deliver in the middle of an action-driven superhero show. And she does a great job of just telling the story, I thought. I agree. She's one of the highlights for the show for me every episode. I like the fact that whatever Mr. Nobody is playing at, that she's really moving forward here as a hero. And like you said, maybe becoming the leader of the team, maybe becoming a linchpin of the team, whatever she's doing there. Ultimately, she's being she's caring about people more. That's what she does for Cyborg here. That's what she's done for Larry in previous episodes and Cliff. Um, So if anything, she's definitely the heart of the team is I think what she's becoming. And it's really lovely to see. Well, if Mr. Nobody's plan was to distract her by having her walk around with Ed Asner, um, then I think her actually opening up to him must've been infuriating for him to have to listen to. Yeah. 
And let's talk about Larry, because I think this is a really interesting thing that happened here in terms of him being separated from the negative spirit, that bringing all of his radiation sickness back. And he makes this decision, which seems like a selfless decision to let the negative spirit go. Ultimately, the negative spirit does come back uh, and heals him. But do you think there's also some bit of self-defeat going on there in terms of saying, no, let me die, just go free? Or do you think it was selfless letting the negative spirit go free? Yeah, I think he was trying to say, like, I've tortured you and kept you here long enough. Like, you should go, you know, live your life. Uh, Don't worry about keeping me alive. And the light being, like, tries to do it, but realizes it can't. It's a a very powerful, very cool moment. Yeah, I mean, I sort of agree with that. I I think Larry knew that he can't keep, based on the visions he saw about back when um, he was first put next to Flex in that same, that oddly same room. Right. A cyborg. I think there's only really two rooms in this whole thing. I think everything else. What about the butts? What about the butts? It's all made up. That can't be real. The the butts room. Their butts were in a room. No, that's actually the only thing in the whole show that is real. The butts. The butts. Yeah. (laughs) They're coming for you. Hashtag butts are real. Fan theory, butts are real. (laughs) Docky is a Trek, butts are real. I did really appreciate uh, Flex calling uh, the light being sparky. I thought that was really fun. Well, let me throw out another question to you, and maybe this is just my general confusion, but back in the day when Larry is being experimented on by the ant farm, they test how long the negative spirit could stay outside of Larry, and they say, it's been a while, the energy is starting to diffuse, is that my impression from watching that scene is the negative spirit is starting to lose energy being separated from Larry, as well as Larry losing the energy, so... Could the negative spirit have actually left him at all? Could it have gone back to where it came from? Or does it need Larry as much as Larry needs it? I think they need each other. Yeah, it seems like the light being would need to get back to a power source where it can exist or a place where it can uh, live. And like because it's kind of tethered to Larry, it couldn't get, you know, because it seemed like it was going to try to fly back home or someplace safe and realized it could make it and that uh, he needs Larry to be able to do that. I mean, if the light being is, uh, as is sort of alluded to in this episode, is, she, yeah, uh, if mean it is gender some, of the light being, I don't know what the gender of the light being is. That's nice. They may be beyond, beyond genders or their light being may have two genders, Donkey and Shrek, and we'll find out about that <laughs> later. Um, but let me could say, boots. I mean, don't rule out. A third gender, Puss in Boots. Okay. Or it could uh, be part gingerbread person. Yeah. You know I mean? Hey, just finish writing your fan theory and we'll get to it. Okay, but let I'm me say that. Listen, I'm bad. sorry, guys. There are only two genders, Donkey and Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> That's, don't push your kind of stuff on, you know. We're not You're all fine, says Dr. Salvin. <laughs> um, if Light Being is another being that did connect with Larry, then it doesn't know how to get back where it came from and is probably scared. So I think. Whether or not it physically or the energy dissipates needs Larry, I think just like Larry, it's scared to leave it behind. And I think what was so important about this episode was Larry, you know, sort of old yellers, the light being, and says, go get out of here. And the light being comes back on its own terms. White fangdom, he white fangdom. Yeah. So get out uh, of here. We all have our dog movies. Sure, that sure. We're reference. Um, we have ours, and Alex has uh, Air Bud or whatever. Yeah, Bolt, Bolt. <laughs> Bolt. Wow. Wow. Uh, didn't see that coming. What a young, fresh millennial you are. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good movie. Bolt's a good movie. Check it out. All right, uh, cool. I haven't seen it. 
the so I'm saying having Lightbeam come back on its own terms gives them both agency here, and they are actually working together and not trapping one another, as we saw both of them do in this episode. Yeah, Pete, you look like you were about to say something. Yeah, I mean we gotta we gotta talk about a huge reveal here that when we talk about how crazy the show is, and also the soap opera thing is a nice little kind of warm up for the fact that the chief has a twin evil brother. Doom, doom, doom. So he doesn't. That was a different chief. That was the chief of medicine or oh, heart surgery I or something that's like that. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. That that's, was where, yeah. He doesn't actually. They're supposed to think it for a second, but it's actually in the soap opera. That's the only thing going on. But we did find out another big piece of information about a key character in the universe, which is Animal Vegetable Mineral Man, who (laughs) got shot in the minerals, as it turns out. So he's going to be fine. So you don't have to worry about him too much. Got him right in the minerals. Worth worth for Yeah, you guys ever been shot in the minerals? Oh, yeah kicked right in the mineral. I got hit by the dodgeball right in the minerals. I got really kicked by a donkey game. in the minerals. <laughs> <laughs> then you, I don't know how you could have kids after that. It was after the kids. Oh, yeah. smart. Right yeah, after, smart. right? After your second kid was born. <laughs> yeah, right, was like, like, oh, almost. it's a boy. And then donkey was like, yeehaw. Well, sir, you could either have a vasectomy or I have this donkey here in my office <laughs> if you'd like to have it kick you right in yeah. the minerals. Sounds great, I said. Uh, but How it is nice. I doggy. think it's very fun to have that rudder going in the background just because it's a very funny, crazy character uh, and it continues to flesh out the world. Also, but I also I yeah. also thought like it, that he was shot by a Von Fuchs like fan, like Von Fuchs's Uber, I think was the line like that sort of ha- could have some plot stuff. Mm hmm. That's true. Well. We have had Flex Mentallo in the background for the past couple of episodes and finally showing up here. So it's all part of the world, I guess. I mean, it's the more I think about Flex, the more it makes me sad. I mean, because he basically sold out for a soap opera and then comfy slippers and they were able to keep him in a room no, for a while. he sold out to keep his wife safe. That's Originally, did. which did, but then they actually. kept him there for years later because of the slippers and the great TV program. And isn't that a metaphor for marriage, Pete? What? Oh, interesting. You sell well, out Pete's for not married. love, and then ultimately it ends up just sitting around watching TV and a bunch of comfy slippers. Oh, my oh, God. Shit. Alex. I'm worried about what you th- think marriage is. And There's my life forward. pre-donkey kick in the minerals <laughs> and post-donkey kick in the minerals. Well, and, uh, well, you can figure out which part is which. <laughs> I hope after all of this that uh, Rita and Cliff can open up an acting school because uh, the talent is there. Absolutely. Ooh. And she can teach uh, good acting and he can teach bad acting? Yeah. Another line that I really liked in the episode, there's another Mr. Nobody meta thing, but when he reveals himself, he says, it looks like this episode was a cathartic journey for you, Rita. looks like you're finally ready to, oh, God, there's more. Yeah. Which yeah, very great. fun. That made me laugh out So loud. funny. And, and also, uh, Rita's... Ta- oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say Rita's line after that, where she comes in and sees the very gross bloody bandages that are over Larry and says, Larry, I adore you, but if you get blood on the carpet, I'll kill you. Very yeah. fun as well. It was gross that he was coughing up blood. He's very close to death anytime the light being leaves him. <laughs> um, let me shout out the exchange where um, Cliff had the scrap sticker on his head. It tears off the <laughs> S and it just says crap. Yeah. Well, it's fun stuff. Super also, fast, fun jokes. 
the uh, when he's cutting hair and he says, "Sorry, robot fingers." Just hilarious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you Pete, use that excuse a lot too. Yeah. I thought of you with Jane's shirt this episode. She was wearing a tacos or everything shirt. You like that? Yes, yes, I do. I thought it was a fantastic shirt. Great. You usually call that out, so I was surprised you didn't mention that right. I was going to, but I didn't. <laughs> Well, there you go. I did it for you, Dr. Yeah. Pete. Who's the yeah. doctor now? That's how doctor You're fine. So. <laughs> you got to find donkey. Oh, my God. Anyway, before we wrap up here, who was most doomed this episode? Pete, why don't you kick it off? Who was most doomed this episode? Oh, man. Well, I, I feel like... Uh, Flex is most doomed. You know, he's in a real tough spot. He, uh, you know, when his wife died, he kind of went flex crazy and, uh, you know, everybody lost power in, in a very huge mile radius. So I'm a little worried about his mental uh, stability. His mentality. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete, I think um, if I remember correctly, you lost power. On, uh, do you think that was a flex situation early in the in this podcast? No, no, I didn't. But thank you. Did Thanks. you flex? Sorry. Did you flex in that moment? And is that why the power went out? Uh, I, I wish I had that kind of flexibility. I get Did it. you also know another fact where we're talking about flex? Um, flex is actually short for nut flex. Is his uh, full name. <laughs> <laughs> Justin, Netflix who Mentello. was most doomed this episode? Controversial answer. I, I think Mr. Nobody. Mr. Nobody oh, is yeah. very confident, very confident at the end of this episode, and I think he's overplaying his hand, and he doesn't have this team locked down like he thinks he does. So I'm excited to watch him maybe not be ended, but be soundly defeated by the end of this Well, season. that's the thing. It, he is such a great part of the show. I don't want him to get defeated. Like, his voiceovers and stuff are just so enjoyable. You can't beat the narrator. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, I'll just mention casually out of nowhere uh, for Resident Alien season two. I actually attended a pizza making <laughs> night with Alan Tiddick, who plays Mr. Nobody. And it was very delightful. We had a very nice time. He's fun. He seems um, like just a blast. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah, let me good ask guy. you, Alex, uh, yeah. in your job, in your day job, do you ever think it's getting a little like excessive? <laughs> Your, your pizza making, your resident alien whoa, pizza whoa, making whoa, night. Well, I'm professionally making pizza as my what? job for a TV show that I ate. Now, I put up a tweet. You. I think like I put in an appropriate <laughs> amount of work there. Okay. Wow. wow. Quid pro quo. Come to my <laughs> pizza right. night and tweet one thing. I, yeah. That's why I don't understand how the formula works. I don't understand I, how I don't the formula. Don't right. call yourself a professional pizza maker, man. I there mean, are real pizza makers out there who earn that title. I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, haven't you oh, been to Pizza Hut? How dare you malign the pizza makers at Pizza Hut You're by flat right. nut flexing on them with your pizza <laughs> knife? You know who I think is most doomed? Pete's most doomed for making fun of my pizza making <laughs> abilities. No, right. I'm going to say Cyborg is most doomed this episode. He seems, as usual, and as for last episode, in a very bad place here. I'm still very worried about that grid thing and what that's going to do to him. I think you guys are probably right. Yeah, you are come stressed back. about grid. I'm very stressed you about grid, stressed. man. Yeah, you read too many comics, dude. Mm. All right, I'll yeah. stop. <laughs> Thanks, Doctor Pete. Good recommendation. If you'd like to You're support fine. this podcast, you gotta find. If you'd like to support this pod- podcast, patreoncom slash club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at seven PM to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Doom Patrol, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Comic Book Live on Twitter, ComicBookClubLive.com for this podcast and many more. Now, before we go, a piece of advice. 
from Dr. Pete. Well, Justin started it by saying, don't go chasing waterfalls and uh, don't fall for that lost old guy routine either. <laughs> what? <laughs> don't. Don't, don't help old people. I guess That's right. Classic TLC lyric. I loved when they said, don't go trusting old people. Yeah. <laughs> Please stick to the young people that you're used to. That's right. One of us is winning a daytime Emmy for this episode. <laughs>